0: Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to the On Blast podcast. As always, we we just like to give you our thoughts. It's just my thoughts, man. Right or wrong, just what we're feeling at the time. Welcome once again to another edition of the On Blast podcast. I guess we'll, we'll call this NBA Finals edition, I guess, while it's still lasting. Anyways, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and I am here with the one and only Mr. Andrew Webster, Webby, what's up, my dude?
1: Shelly, the series may be cold, but the takes are still piping hot, my friend.
0: Piping hot. Now, here's the thing with me about the NBA Finals, okay? We've been waiting for this matchup since last year. As soon as that that Game 7 ended, after LeBron dunk, after he yelled, Cleveland, this is for you, we were just waiting for this exact same matchup. Now, that heightened, obviously, when they got Kevin Durant, But still, we're waiting for this matchup. Two games in, Webby. Are we both disappointed with what's gone on so far?
1: Well, okay, here's the thing about game two. It was they they ended up blowing them out. The final score, one of these old cliches, the final score was a lot further apart than they were in the actual game. I thought game two was a lot better, and I thought Cleveland had some chances. But, man... They are getting nothing outside of LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love. Like the other guys, man, I need more from Jr. Smith, more from Amon Shumpert, especially offensively. If this thing is even going to be a series, we're talking about.
0: Well, here, here's the thing, right? I feel like Kyrie's doing some, but I don't know if he's doing enough, yeah. right? And. J.R. Smith, they just need anything from him on the offensive end because whoever that is coming off the bench, even if it's Shumpert or you see Kyle Korber getting some minutes, but J.R. Smith, for sure, the reason why that position is so important because that position forces Steph Curry to have to play some type of defense. Because if not, he's just chilling on the defensive end, right? Saving up energy to bomb up threes. But, I mean, so far it's 2-0, and most people appear to think that this is over. Do you think the series is over?
1: Uh, I think that, yeah, we're just waiting to see now if Cleveland can get one game off it.
0: Of. Okay. How how does that differ from the start of the series? From the, the start of the series heading in, what were you thinking? What was your prediction heading in, Webby?
1: I just, I think that I discounted how efficiently Golden State would use Kevin Durant. I mean, I mm-hmm. think that's like such a ridiculous thing for me to even say, let alone think it was going to be a part of the series. I thought maybe the injury, the knee injury, might still slow him down. Maybe he would still take a little time getting into this offense. But it seems that they brought Kevin Durant into Golden State to beat the the Cavs. Uh, It's such a perfect fit against what they try to do defensively. And then to bring in a player of that caliber who's, I mean, one of the best three players on the planet. No, you're... you're... and it's not just that he's so good, it's that he's so good in the role that they put him in. They took their biggest weakness in their series against Cleveland last year, which was Harrison Barnes, and they replaced him with one of the top three players in the NBA.
0: I mean, you're you're totally right, and LeBron's pretty much admitted as such. I mean, he gets asked, you know, what's the biggest difference between last year and this year? And he's just said, you know, KD. You know, so it's been it's been an interesting series to watch so far. And I think like if you are uh, someone who's a Cavs fan or rooting for Cleveland, the most difficult part of this is that if Draymond's in foul trouble, we've learned that it doesn't matter if Clay doesn't shoot well and like he did in game one, it doesn't matter. Steph was turning over the ball like crazy in game two, and that didn't matter either. Right. So that's kind of the crazy part. So I think if you're Cleveland, what, what do you think they can do? heading home down
1: 0-2? I mean, feed off the energy of the crowd. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. give you any X's and O's on, you know, what they should be doing, if they should be, you know, pick and rolling more, pick and rolling less. And, mm-hmm. the, it, and just somebody who watches a game, I think that they're going to have to find something that, 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 that can galvanize this team. Because through two games, they really haven't had it. I thought that that dunk in game two, where he drove on Iguodala that kind of brought them back and they got it within two, maybe even tied it like early in the second half. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was going to be kind of the moment that we all look back on and saw, okay, when, when James took it hard to the hole kind of picked up the, the team, but man, that the Warriors put the foot on your neck so quickly that a six point lead can get to a 16 point lead in the blink of an eye. Yeah. So if Cleveland going back home wants to win A game or potentially tie the series they've got to find a moment that will kind of give them the spark that'll galvanize the team if they don't if they just get close and then get shut down in game three i think we're just waiting to see if golden state can make it 16 and 0 in the playoffs
0: yeah and i mean you you bring up great points for sure and i think I mean for me heading in I thought I my prediction was for whatever that's worth was uh Cleveland in 6 right Cleveland
1: and in six.
0: Cleveland in six. That was my predi- prediction oh, wow. coming in.
1: You're even more—I I thought I was being generous by saying Warriors in seven.
0: Hey, I, I'm going to be honest here. I'm, I'm going to be honest here, Webby, with what my predictions were, and I'm not going to just, you yeah, know— Yeah, not going
1: to shy away. I like not, that. I'm not
0: going to shy away. And, I mean, I find it funny because there's so many things going on in this series. And, yes, Kevin Durant is amazing, and I'm not saying that I'm as confident as my pick, in my pick as I was at the start of the series. But what I will say is that there are a lot of uh, old adages that we we always bring up in the NBA that you don't really hear people following right now, right? And the first one being, you know, hey, the, a playoff series doesn't start until a road team wins a game, right? So we, we got to see how Cleveland's going to play at home. That's going to be a huge factor the first half in Cleveland's going to be a big deal. The second thing is the role players also play better at home. And I think Cleveland, star for star, obviously can't match up because we're talking, what, four all-stars to three all-stars or two MVPs to one MVP. So they have to make up the difference with their role players. So I guess the hope is that your role players play better at home than they do in Golden State. right? So I'm not giving up complete hope that Cleveland can – come back and win this series, but they definitely have to win the next two games because there's obviously no chance. Like, Golden State's not going to let them come back from 3-1 down or 3-0. Like, that's not going to happen, right? So, I mean, if if I'm Cleveland, or I can't say if I'm Cleveland, if I'm looking at this series and thinking, you know, is Cleveland done, I'm not, I'm not going to completely write them off yet. I'm not ready to do that. But my question for you, if we do think it's done, have you enjoyed this finals? Like, is this something that you're enjoying?
1: Uh, no, I think I, I'm one of these people who've got the regular, uh, this was one of the best regular seasons that I can remember in, re- in recent NBA history, just in, with the uh, crazy uh, MVP race we had, and we had some really cool young teams and and, and, and stories throughout the league. I, and it's just been absolutely anticlimactic. I mean, there's been a couple of, I thought that wizard Celtics series was good. And right. it looked like game one of Spurs warriors, That series is going to be a classic, but it's just everything's broken wrong for this playoffs, let alone this finals. I mean, if Cleveland can't come back, of course, if they tie it 2-2 after two games in Cleveland, then I'll be changing my song here. (laughs) But just based on all the games that we've had up until game three here. That goes tomorrow night or Thursday. Wednesday I night. Wednesday, Wednesday night. But Wednesday uh, night. up until game three, yeah, it's been kind of a. It's been a kind of a real letdown from uh, what I thought was an awesome regular season.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been my question, because I've noticed, and and I'm sure all basketball fans have been like this in this era. You got, like, your multiple chat groups. You got, like, your text chat groups you got. And I was in, like, mega arguments in, like, two different chat groups because I was rooting for Cleveland in this series, and everyone else is just, like, on Golden State. And I guess my question to you and to our, our listeners as well would be, I don't understand that if you're not a Warriors fan which we know most people aren't, right? Most people that don't live in Golden State aren't. So if you, you, you're not a Warriors fan and you're not a LeBron hater, how are you enjoying this series? Like what is fun about watching a team that obviously has way more talent just run another team out of the gym? Do you well, know what I mean? I like, I that, uh, like I thought we normally like the underdogs.
1: And I don't blame them for this. I don't blame anybody for enjoying the NBA, what team they root for, what kind of style they, they mm-hmm. play. But I think that a lot of people are drawn to excellence. Ah. People want to see the best there is right now. And I mean, us being NBA fans who've been watching it our whole lives, you know, we're, we're almost like snobby brats is what (laughs) we are. We want to see, uh, rivalries like the Celtics and the Lakers. We're so ingrained in NBA history that what we want to see are the great stories. But what the casual fan wants to see is something Uh, As close to perfection as you can get it. It's why Tiger Woods was so popular. It's why the Yankees are so popular. Mm -hmm. It's why we grew up loving Michael Jordan, because that is sports perfection. And for the casual fans, for them to get into the game, they latch on to that. And they want to see Steph Curry hit 33 pointers in a game and see this Warriors team run on all cylinders, because for the layman, I mean, it looks really pretty. It's aesthetically pleasing and the ball's going through the hoop. Yeah. So I don't blame people for rooting for the Warriors, but anybody who's followed the NBA for longer than ten years, I think and doesn't live in Golden State, I think that they're those people are cowards. Cowards.
0: <laughs> no, I, I I like that. I like that. And you make you bring up a good point and you, you kinda touched on it earlier, but I think like diehard NBA fans honestly enjoyed this regular season. A lot of people don't talk about it now because the playoffs were so boring, there are so many sweeps, we kind of already knew where it was headed. But you're right, and, and and there is a difference definitely or a line a line in the sand in terms of like what did casual NBA fans enjoy this year compared to the hardcore NBA fans. Because I enjoyed watching Giannis this year, right? Like your Sixers were an interesting story and just watching what Joel Embiid was doing.
1: I had the best three weeks of an NBA regular season that I've had since Allen Iverson was playing for the <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers, man. It, it was and interesting. that was worth the, all, all year to see Joel Embiid Play those like three, three months or whatever he got. Yeah, two months was unbelievable, man. Yeah, and you that... you 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 throw in what like every night, Houston might make fifty three pointers as a mm-hmm. team. Yeah, you know, and, and then like like you say, Giannis or Chris Stapps or the Knicks blew it. You wouldn't believe Knicks... how they blew this game. It just seemed like every night something huge was happening in the NBA. No, and it... now that we're down to finals, this playoff run has been like. Yeah, something happened in the NBA, but it's just like, it was shicking.
0: So, I know, it is kind of weird, right? Because like so far in this finals, what have been the biggest stories? Rihanna in game one? Yeah. And, and maybe that dude getting dummied at the end of game two?
1: Yo, <laughs> like, that was crazy, man. Yo, that goes to show you that whether you're poor or rich, it doesn't matter. You get enough liquor in you, and you're going to act like an idiot.
0: Well, it's funny you bring that up. Like, did you see like my guy's excuse like or what happened someone tracked oh, yeah. down that dude and found out found out like what was going on like they interviewed him after the game and like actually took a picture of so if you go on twitter i forget who it was let me try to find it right now but they tracked down the dude who was like the punchy or the guy yeah. giving the other dude the business and uh first off there's a picture of him and his buddy and it looks like his buddy is showing him video of on his phone. It looks like his buddy showing him video on his phone of yeah. like, the actual altercation. And my guy has a shot in one hand, and he just is like ear-to-ear grinning. So the quote reads like this in terms of, here's the story of what happened in the fight. Quote, Guy in front of us was sitting on the wood, wanted to take a picture. He backed up in the aisle, and security told him to get out of the way. He came in our section and told me, Quote, get out of the way. I got more money. I told him, get behind me. He kept yapping, and then it went down. It's the bay. We don't play that suck of shit. (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah, that guy's got whistles on his car. Right? yes well played well played but you know what i mean like those are like memorable moments like you know that and jeff and gundy and rihanna like this is what we're talking about in the nba yeah, finals. So talking
1: far. about the play on the court though you know
0: right it, it's tough and lebron's out here dropping triple doubles and it doesn't
1: matter yeah he's fast in the second a half double with 13 freaking rebounds it's unbelievable it's an unbelievable performance by lebron and it's It's like gone by the wayside because people are like, listen, these finals are junk.
0: So uh, that brings us to uh, one of LeBron's, I guess, rivals from his earlier or his first stint in Cleveland and a bit in Miami, one Mr. Paul Pierce, a.k.a. The Truth. I'm going to ask you if he was telling the truth post-game after game two when he said, Kevin Durant is the best player in the world right now. Mr. Andrew Webster, do you agree or disagree with Mr. Paul Pierce?
1: For when Paul Pierce sent that tweet, yes, he was absolutely correct.
0: Oh, no, no, no. He said it on, like, in the post game show on television.
1: Yeah, but he said in the game right now.
0: Yeah, sure. in the game right
1: like, now. Like, when LeBron it. goes off for 50 and <laughs> the Cavs blow up the Warriors in game three, Paul Pierce is going to say right now, LeBron James is the greatest player in the world.
0: Isn't it just so funny, though, like, how day to day the conversation just keeps switching? Do you know what I mean? When like, I
1: lo- What I love between, with with that, going back to the Paul Pierce thing, Yeah. what I love with that tweet, and you saw, obviously, the Area 21 with all those Celtics guys. Oh, yeah. uh, I love how much they hate LeBron.
0: Oh, they're still salty. Oh, for sure. Uh
1: Oh, they cut Ray Allen out of their life because he went to go to LeBron. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And like that was a part that in this whole discussion, I guess, today being Tuesday, or what's today, Monday, the day after game two when Paul Pierce makes these comments on ABC postgame. Right. After that, everyone's talking and debating this with some form of legitimacy on whether or not Kevin Durant's the best player in the in the game right now when hold on do we not realize that Paul Pierce just doesn't like LeBron? Yeah. Like, yeah. we we know this as a thing, right? Like, we know they battled so hard. We know that deep down in Paul Pierce's mind, he thinks he was better than LeBron at certain times when he was on the Celtics, right? Like, we we know that Paul Pierce has a distaste for LeBron. So, and he he tried to back away from it today and say, like, I know people are hitting me on Twitter saying I'm a LeBron hater and I'm not a LeBron hater, but... And it's like, there is no but. Like, how are you watching this game? It's Steph and KD, two MVPs against one. Like, what? how is that going to make you think that LeBron is worse? Like, what if you switch LeBron and KD? Like, look at the passing that takes place on Golden State and just imagine if LeBron was on that team as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so crazy. But
1: here's the thing with the finals through two games is that if you switch them, it would be the same result. Oh, for sure. Definitely, 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 definitely. But I think what what I think happened was that throughout the regular season and the playoffs, everybody, um, basketball fans and everything out there, saw Kevin Durant going to the Warriors, and automatically assumed that he wasn't the level of player that we thought he was because he went to this great uh, the team that he couldn't beat, you know. And I think that a lot of analysts and fans out there, like they saw that move and they said, well. Hey, they they saw it as weakness almost. Hmm. And while I don't agree with the decision and whatever, I, I count myself in those people who think that that was a bunk move, but here's the thing. It's like, it doesn't take away from how great Kevin Durant was. And we had Kevin Durant up there with LeBron James Mm -hmm. two years ago, three years ago. And now I don't think it's that crazy to put them on the same plane and especially after games one and two, to say that KD is playing better than LeBron.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's still tough for me. I still think that if I'm listing who's the best player in the game, it still has to go through LeBron first. But, I mean, you're, you're right. It is, it is close in terms of an argument. And you, you mentioned, you know, the whole decision by KD to leave. And for me, anyways, that's always going to be one of the reasons why I can't, like, as a fan... And again, we've talked about this before how I like to separate things sometimes in terms of like a critical thinking, like NBA writer, producer, or whatever. And then like as a basketball fan, right? And as a fan, I can't, I still will never understand Durant leaving. Or sorry, let me rephrase that. I understand him leaving. I just don't understand the thought process of you're up 3-1 against this team, you lose, and then you join the team that. Just embarrassed you and came back from three one down. Do you know? Like that's the part I will never be able to understand. And then once you know, going back to what you were just saying with uh, the Area Twenty One conversation with the Celtics team, where we found out from Kendrick Perkins, he confirmed the fact that you know Golden State and Draymond especially were recruiting Durant for the entire season, right? Leading up to oh, yeah. right. So like you you hear those things, and I've said this before. I will always find it like. We'll never know the real story, and I wonder if Durant really knows the real story, but I would love to know what was going on in his mind if he's already thinking that there's a possibility that he could leave and go to Golden State. I want to know what was in his mind when they were up 3-1. That's a question I will, like, for the life of me, will always want to know the answer to, and we'll never actually get to find out. Do you know what I mean? I'm just curious by that.
1: Well, it's the same, but now, and this is the argument that everybody brings up, and it is different because LeBron went to Miami, but the same thing happened with LeBron and those guys, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, because Mm -hmm. they apparently all talked about that in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So LeBron went through a whole year of thinking to himself, Hey man, I might, I might leave here and and join up with D. Wade and and Chris Bosh Mm -hmm. through that whole season before, even before the decision. For that's sure. crazy man
0: it is it is super crazy to think but like and It's funny you bring that up because that was exactly one of the arguments had in one of my uh, chat group or text message conversations last night. And my retort was, but imagine if in that instance, right, we see LeBron lose to the Celtics again. Remember that famous shot? He's walking off the court and he's ripping off his jersey. And Mike Breen, because he's a G and like the best in the game, is saying, is this the last time we see LeBron James in a Cleveland Cavaliers uniform? Like the moment was so perfect. Imagine if the next time he popped up, though, he joined the Boston Celtics. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what this is. And that's a part I, I, I will never understand. Like, don't get me wrong. LeBron and KD both did the same thing in terms of leaving and jumping on to another team and all that. And trust me, I get it. I understand it. I'm not trying to say that LeBron's an angel and KD's not. I'm just saying, like, it was, what, a month or two later after you just went you just went into battle with Russi and, and you just left him. And you didn't even, like, you didn't even call him. You didn't even, like, meet up yeah. with him to tell him what happened. You sent the man a text message. That, to me, is kind of like, you might kind of think in your mind that you know what you're doing is kind of fishy.
1: Like, yeah, that's why I always, like, I mean, I kinda, I totally side with Russell Westbrook on that whole thing. And, I, I, like, I wouldn't hold it against Russ to harbor some resentment against Durant if that's how it went down, you know? Yeah. If he wasn't told and or it was like, told at the last minute and they kind of caught him blindside. Like, I don't think you can do that to your teammates. And like, I kind of agree with those Boston guys uh, about Ray, but that's just personally, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, they really have no, they, they, they they don't have to do that stuff. We just think it's the right thing to do as people.
0: right? Exactly. And, And you know what it is too? It's like, it adds into the male soap opera for us right yeah. like i mean like it really doesn't matter but when you think of all the other sports the nba is the one where we're talking about so many things off the court that really that really don't have that much to do with the on court product at all do you know what i mean like it's all the male drama and that's what adds into it that makes us you know care this much about NBA playoffs that has been a blowout and been pretty boring so far, but the storylines yeah. are what keep us watching, right? It's
1: it's really something that other sports don't have, you know? Yeah. It's that, like, it seems that basketball is almost the most intimate sport that we have because these guys, of all the professional sports, let their personalities hang out there. Oh, and so sure. the, all that, we feed in all that, we love all that drama, man, because that's what they provide us.
0: For sure. And I mean, it's a perfect time you bring this up, too, while this whole... PK Subban, Listerine stuff, and Sidney Crosby oh. is going on. Like, it's so funny because I'm like, like, me and you, I feel are the same in a sense that we are ingrained in like the American sports culture as well, and sort of yeah. seeing how they cover stuff. And what I'm finding with this PK Subban, uh, Sidney Crosby thing is the Canadian hockey media is struggling so hard with how to cover this story you know? What I mean? Like it, it, just feels, it just feels so funny to me because the
1: they've way, never seen anything like it in the NHL.
0: But but it's just the way that it's just another example of the way that Canadians cover hockey is so different than how the Americans cover sports. And again, I'm not going to say one is better than the other, even though I might enjoy one is better than the other. Right. I'm not going to say that yeah, what I like is better than the other. I'm just acknowledging just how different it is, right? And like it's it's just a perfect example because they seem so confused, right? You have the same elements right there in terms of everyone's reaction is, oh, either PK needs to shut up or it's, oh, he actually has a personality and he's giving us something to talk about. Right. And they don't know how to handle it. I've just found that funny. But, I mean... What
1: I like, too, is how unprepared it seemed that Sidney Crosby was for all that trash talk. Oh, you know, yeah. It really seemed like PK got the better of him and the Penguins with that whole Listerine thing.
0: Well, the thing that's so funny to me is that, like, obviously PK was joking around because, like, he's not – if Crosby's, like, cussing him out, he's not going to tell the media what Crosby was actually saying. So he just says something dumb, right? He just says something dumb, like, oh, he told me I had bad breath. And then the media runs with it as if it's, like, a real story. So then he's like, oh, okay, I I guess I'll, like – Run with this, and they're asking Crosby like if he actually said that, and like a ser- and like he's forced to actually seriously answer the question of whether he told PK that's he had just bad breath. Like
1: parking your car, getting out, pitching a tent, and living in Sidney Crosby's head because he's not <laughs> used to answering these types of questions. He never gets asked stuff like gets asked about stuff like this, right? I mean, it's always you know, hey, what did you do well out there? Would you, uh, you know, how's your knee doing after taking that shot or whatever? And then now he's got to answer something about what another guy on the other team said about what they were talking trash. And it totally just takes him out of his element. I love it. I think it's a great, it was a great play by Suban to make something up like that. Nothing too crude or something funny and dumb and silly. And just it worked to perfection for him, I think.
0: But it's also just like the thing that I keep thinking is getting uh, mess, or missed in this whole story is the fact that... PK kind of in a sense is covering for Crosby. No? Like he he no. made up no, but no, I'm, saying no, like, no. I'm saying like I'm saying like he he I made up this whole... bad breath thing. But I'm saying yeah, like he ahead, he made up, I'm saying like he made up this bad breath thing as just like, you know, like a throwaway, like a joke. Oh yeah, he told me I had bad breath. When really who knows what Crosby's saying. He's probably cussing him out or whatever, and PK's not going to really say what it is, but I'm saying like like, he, it's not like he came up with this and, like, this is how I'm going to trash talk him. Like, no, it's a joke. And he's just being oh. silly. And then, like, oh, no, this is what PK said you said, Sydney. Like, did you really say it?
1: And, like, see, I don't think you're giving PK enough credit. <laughs> I really okay. don't. I really okay. don't. I mean, because PK could have just said, yeah, you know, it was just trash talk on the ice or whatever. But he said this thing that was, like, weird and out there, and he <laughs> knew it was going to get picked up. Right. You yeah. must have known that yeah. something like that was going to get talked about. Yeah. And then they bring it to crowd, knowing that he's gonna, they're going to bring it up with the other guy who was talking. I, I thought it was great like just mental games by PK.
0: No, it is interesting and you're right in the sense that I mean Uh, we know he had that big story on e60 a couple weeks ago so you know this might be a chance for him to really make a splash especially in the american market where he's he's trying to to build his brand and kind of blow up a little more so i mean maybe you are right maybe he is just a master uh media manipulator let's say
1: oh yeah for sure man look how we all look, look how we all see that trade that montreal made and montreal in that trade got back a really good player like a world class defenseman for sure and but like hey whether he does it consciously or not like we all side with pk you know and it's, i think he does play the media extremely well he doesn't come off too corny or too insincere like he he he's a perfect media personality for this league
0: yeah i and mean, just,
1: I he, mean hey. one of his skills i think is is the way is the way that he handles the media and handles himself off the ice. I think it's a huge benefit for him and the team that he's
0: on. No, it it is interesting. And I, the one thing I will say though is there is a big difference between we, right? As in like the things that we appreciate within the media and all that, and they, as in like Canadiana and you know good old Canadian boy and blah 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 and all that all that. Uh, It's a coded language people like to use, right? Like, to me, it's sports and it's fun. And, like, we're talking about Listerine instead of talking about, like, you know, bad. Yeah, X's and O's or bad refing or, like, you know, uh, goal challenges and, like, all the other dumb stuff that ends up, like, making hockey headlines, right? Like, at least this is something fun and it's, like, showing personality. And, like, I I enjoy it. I enjoy it.
1: Oh, yeah. But I mean, for sure. He makes. He makes the Preds just so fun to watch and follow, man.
0: Yes. him and, and for a
1: defenseman to do it, too, that's crazy. For sure. Like a guy who's not really involved in the play to a casual fan. Mm-hmm. Like the, the fact that he has the star power that he has and he makes the, the team in, an interesting follow is, is great.
0: No, oh, for sure. I was going to say shout-out to PK and shout-out to Carrie Underwood. Big, <laughs> oh
1: Big shouts to Carrie. Looking great. Yes,
0: i I've been enjoying her uh, Instagram feed and her uh, rendition of DJ Khaled. I've been enjoying that a lot.
1: So, Here's uh, my thing. Okay. How okay. old is Carrie Underwood?
0: I'm not sure, but I have this machine in front of me.
1: I think she might be younger and... than I am, and I'll. I won't lie to you. I won't cheat myself. I'm turning 33 on Wednesday. That oh, on Wednesday. I, I think okay. she's younger than me. That. But okay. what's weird is that James, uh, not James Neal, uh, Mike Fisher. Mike Fisher. Yep, right?
0: Yep. Your boy, Mike Fisher.
1: I think he's a good, like, 10 years older than her.
0: To be honest, I'm not even sure how old Mike Fisher is, but I can look that up. I think
1: there's up. a good age disparity there. And you know what I say to that? Good for Mike Fisher.
0: Oh, shout out to Mike Fisher. That's, a, big that's shout.
1: That's big solid shout work. to the boy.
0: So, Carrie Underwood was born just like a wise man named Sheldon Alexander. Carrie Underwood was also born in 1983. Carrie Underwood oh. is thirty-four years old. Okay. Yes, and Carrie's looking good for thirty-four. Yeah, Carrie. Yeah, she is. She is doing well. Yes, she is doing.
1: Take care of herself, that girl.
0: She is doing very well. Um, also doing very well, though. If we get back to the the National Basketball Association right now, yeah. I mean, maybe it, maybe the NBA isn't doing well. I would like to get your opinion on this, though. Is this fair? Like, if Golden State runs. Cleveland out of the gym. Is this good for the NBA?
1: Well, here, it like, of course it is. Oh. Of course it is, because the NBA is is the winner here. Okay. Uh, Absolutely. Like, no, you know what? Nobody's not going to watch next year because of the Warriors. People are going to watch more because of the Warriors, I think. Okay. I think it's bad. I think it's good for the NBA. I think it's bad for the rest of the league. I think those are two different things, right? The NBA doesn't care. They're raking it up with the the Golden State TV deals and what they're doing on the like in, in the playoffs and they love this quest to perfection and everything. Mm-hmm. NBA's not hurting. It's the rest of the league, man. It's, it's- the small market teams again. Uh-huh. And it's like a and, and it's a constant struggle to figure out how how can they make an evil, an even playing field. But it's also something that the NBA is like almost been known for through, throughout its history. I mean, you get teams that dominate for a couple of years. Now, I'm not one of these people that think that the Warriors, I hear that the Warriors are going to be in the NBA Finals the next seven years, eight years. Yeah, That's not going to happen. All right? Yeah, something's going to right, happen. Like the you team's are going, going to break to get these up. little dynasties. And I, I don't think it's bad for the NBA, but I think it might be bad for the league because they've got to now try and play catch up and figure out how they can create a team as good as the one
0: they have in gold state so i was gonna so my follow-up to that is then what is the answer if you are one of those teams or even if you're one of the free agents you know like one of those high level free agents you know like paul pierce or you know maybe even uh we've heard paul george might be available or jimmy butler might be available blake griffin you know like mellow might be available if you're one of those guys you know kind of one of those dudes who can Switch the balance of power, or like take a team from being you know a low level uh, playoff team to being a serious contender. What is your mindset going in? Are are you going to take the money as a player, or are you going to try to team up with another star?
1: Okay, as a player or as a as as a a team,
0: we'll start with the player first. As a player, what would you do?
1: So, as a player, right now, uh, if I was chasing a ring, if I was somebody like a Carmelo who who wanted a ring, I'm. I'm trying to figure out the best situation I can get in. Okay. And if it's Golden State and they'll still pay me a lot of money and I can win the ring, that's where I'll go. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You got to go to where you think you have the best. I, I wouldn't be shocked if if next year the Cavs retool and bring out and bring in even more good players somehow somewhat.
0: Yeah, one you of know, my one what, of my buddies a team,
1: what I think you should do with the smart thing for a team to do. Mhm is hire Sam Henke as their general manager and take the next four years and, and, and completely rebuild. Seriously, man, like that golden state team, like we said, they're going to be like, those guys are in their prime. And if I'm a team, like, for example, let's say the Knicks, Mm -hmm. if I'm a team like the Knicks, I'm not even trying. Mm. I'm trying to get as many draft picks as I can and try to build up as many young assets as I can and wait it out and build for the next four years down the line rather than next year, see. you know? Now, if Cleveland can can retool some things around and and see if they can bring in good players at a low cost and try and build a super team, then God love them. And if you're a team that thinks they can bring in those kinds of free agents make those kinds of moves, God love them. But if you're a team like, oh, say, the Raptors, I'm blowing it up, man. I really am. And I think that there's going to be way more teams that try I think the race for the number one pick next year and the year after that is gonna be nuts. There's gonna be a lot of bad teams.
0: So we'll get to the Raptors in a second, but you bring up an interesting point because I was thinking about this too, and and I kinda I kind of agree with you, but I also like like to look at it in terms of if I was like the Lakers, just because of the the aura of the Lakers, let's say, right? I'm trying to get stars now. And I'm going to try to match up with Golden. Like I'm trying to get in this race somehow. I'm sure, trading my young sure. bucks, if you and think you I'm the Lakers. If you think
1: you can build a team as good as the Warriors are put together right now to win in the next year or two, for sure. Do it. And I think the Lakers are a team. Like if I'm the Lakers, to attract those kinds of players, right?
0: Yeah, if I'm the Lakers, I'm trying to get Paul George and Melo next year, right? Like that is my move. That and I'm not giving up my first pick. So conceivably, they could still have, let's say, Lonzo. And uh, Brandon Ingram, everyone else is everyone else is a tradable asset. Yeah, I get Paul. Pe- I get Paul George, and I get Mello. Figure out the rest of my roster. That would be a move I try to make. Right. Also, if I'm the Knicks, though, I would try to keep Mello, and I'm keeping Porzingis, and I'm trying to bring in one of those stars. Maybe I'll try to convince Paul George to come. Maybe I'll try to trade for Jimmy Butler. Like if one of if I'm one of those big market teams that could actually attract free agents. Then that's what I'm trying to do. If I'm one of those small market teams, namely like the Raptors, I think I might blow it up because you're you're it's fool's gold. Like, how are you trying to beat LeBron? And I mean, that's not going to happen. But what realistic chance you even have of beating LeBron when you know he's going to re up, especially if they get blown out in four straight? But then we're not even talking about the Warriors because if this is what's happening to LeBron's team. How are you even touching the Warriors? I think you're right. I agree with you. If you're a small market team, you kind of got to, you know, just sell, 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 hope you get draft picks, hope you're drafting the next LeBron or KD or whatever and just building assets. I think that's the way you got to go, which kind of leads us to the Raptors. What what would you do if you're the Raptors?
1: If I'm the Raptors, I I blow it up, right? I'm completely with you. I mean... I think that I, for I think what they will do is I think that they'll let Lowry walk. I think that they'll probably pay Surge whatever they like as much as they can mm-hmm. and try and roll back a team that can make the Eastern Conference Finals. Now you got to replace Lowry with you know pieces. You know, hopefully you replace uh, Lowry with a bunch of good pieces rather than having one really, really good piece. You can surround DeRozan with some more you know, good players rather than, I don't know, some of the scrubbies maybe that might be around him now, like if you can get rid of JV and, and, and I think Serge and DeMar are worth building around because I don't think Masai wants to hinky it and blow it up. So yeah. what we want them to do and what they will do, I think are going to be two different things is what we're going to see over the next like couple of months.
0: Exactly. I totally agree with you. Cause I think that I want them to, I mean, I understand if you keep DeRozan, I I can understand if you keep DeRozan, but everyone else I'm trying to get rid of. And I mean, because at the end of the day, you're trying to tank, yes, but MLSC is not going to be down for, like you're in the middle of the best run in franchise history, right? Yeah. There's no way you're going to be able to sell to them, all right, DeMar DeRozan's still in his prime, we're going to sell off and try to start rebuilding. Like that's not, a, that's not a realistic outcome, right? And I don't even think that they're going to let them get rid of Lowry. I think that they're going to tell him, bring back Lowry if you can. I don't think Lowry wants to come back, to be honest. I don't think he does. It's a different story if they throw the Max in front of his face, but I find yeah, it to I, be...
1: I, he'll, he'll want to come back if you give him the five years.
0: For sure, right? But I, I find that, that story that came out last week about uh, Norman Powell and Dwayne Casey and DeMar DeRozan going to meet up with Lowry and having, like, a meeting, I found that story super weird. Just because I felt like, well, what's the need for that to happen? Like, I get that him and DeMar are boys, but they could just talk whenever, right? Like, what's the need of, like, Dwayne Casey sitting down with Kyle Lowry, right? Like, what is he telling you that you don't already know? Like, that seems to me like they kind of think Lowry isn't coming back, and so they need Casey to kind of try to smooth some things over, try to like suck up to him a little more. No?
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. I think that the Raptors are really scared that he is going to walk.
0: Where, where would you go if you're Kyle Lowry? Let's play the other side of the fence.
1: Uh, I think that if Chris Paul doesn't go to San Antonio, I think you go to San Antonio. And if Chris Paul does go to San Antonio, then Kyle Lowry goes to the Clippers.
0: The Clip show. That'd be super interesting. That would be super interesting.
1: Uh, now, my question is, okay, so LeBron mm-hmm. is on a one-year deal?
0: Oh, is he still on those short deals? I think he is, isn't he? He's on those one-and-one deals or whatever.
1: I'm now, LeBron sure. has been known to leave Cleveland. Oh, no. If he does go, if for some reason, I know it's very unlikely and you can't really see it happening, but if he does go, where does he go?
0: Um, I always thought if, they would team up and go LeBron, to the Clippers. Where would
1: you go? You'd stay in the East, right?
0: Yeah, I guess he kind of. That's why you wouldn't go anywhere if you're LeBron. You make people come to you. Do you know what I mean? Because unless you're unless you leave, you're leaving to go to uh, the Knicks, and Chris Paul is coming with you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, w- other than that, I don't see a scenario where LeBron leaves again. I just think yeah. there's too much like. Last year was too great. The story is written so perfectly that he came back and brought them a championship. He had the quote the other day where he said, you know, uh, he's not in the business of trying to prove people wrong anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, he he kind of, he won. Yeah, he's still trying to chase Mike. Yeah, he's trying to get there. But if his career ended tomorrow, LeBron James is still going to go down as a top, what, three, two? You'll even have people trying to say he's the best player ever. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I don't. I don't know if he. Ridiculous.
1: Young people. Those are young people.
0: Shout. Hey, I, I agree. I agree with uh, who was it yesterday? Damon Sodemeyer? Damon Sodemeyer tweeted about the Paul Pierce thing, and he was just like, so last week people were comparing LeBron to MJ, and this morning they're saying KD's better than LeBron. Keep MJ out of these generational discussions.
1: <laughs> seriously, seriously. But it's the same thing as like my dad. Like, I mean, my dad for the for his entire career. Was one of these guys who said that Bill Russell was better than Michael Jordan?
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like you know, yeah. and he just he was like, yeah, Jordan's best guard, but he's not as good as he'll never be as good as Russell. And we think the same about Jordan when it comes to LeBron and Kobe and these young kids think that LeBron is better than Michael because they never grew up watching him. You know.
0: For sure, and I'm, I mean, Mike is the guy for me. Uh, I mean, I'm of that generation of where Jordan is the god. But the one thing I will say, it took me a while to warm up to Kobe. Like, I wasn't a Kobe guy early on, like the Kobe Shaq Lakers. Like, I wasn't really on that train at all. It took me a while to, I guess, finally stop and just appreciate the greatness that was Kobe Bryant. Do yeah, you know what I mean? I was like,
1: a way bigger fan of old, crazy Kobe yeah. than I was of young, uh, dunking Kobe.
0: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? At a certain point, it's just like someone's so good that it's like, you know what? I'm going to just stop and enjoy what's going on right now because it's just yeah. not worth it. And I, I, and I feel like over the past two years, I've gotten to the same point with LeBron where it's like, you know, I wasn't rooting. For, I didn't like how the Miami thing went down. So I was rooting against him every single year he was in Miami. But the whole story, and I know that it's such an easy narrative. He came back home and his he's trying to bring back Cleveland to championship and all that. Like, I know that that's an easy narrative, but along the way, just watching him even play that first year against Golden State where they lost and it was just him by himself because Love and Kyrie were out. Sitting there and watching him in that series, just like almost, well, he won two games with basically me, you, Delhi. <laughs> And Tristan and Shump, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that was crazy. And then obviously, what he did last year it was it was to the point where it's like, he, dude is hater proof. Like we got to sit back and just enjoy the greatness that's in front of us. And maybe Absolutely. that's my maybe that's my issue with Golden State. I don't know. Like Steph's getting all this praise a little too soon. Like Steph's been on the scene as a superstar for what three years? You know, it's a little too soon to have like these like best ever combos or like better than LeBron combos and all that stuff, you know? Like, I feel like you got to wait on that a little more.
1: That's very true, and I'm completely with you, but we live in a world of 24-hour sports news cycles. Mm-hmm. So you got to have Skip and whoever <laughs> yelling about something.
0: Shouts to Skip and Stephen A. Shouts to Skip and Stephen A. Too funny, Webby. Um, I was going to ask you, we were talking about it a bit uh, before we got on here, are you ready to just be in baseball mode?
1: Ooh. Well, like
0: the, uh, like the unfortunately, finals my end.
1: team, the Philadelphia Phillies, are in dead last. <laughs> um, and unlike the uh, NBA or even the NFL or hockey, uh-huh. one uh, early draft pick is not going to turn around your franchise. Do you but, know what? Uh, you're you're yeah, thinking... I'm in baseball mode. I mean, it's, it's very laid back. What I'm more interested in is I'm in football mode already, fully. Already? I'm reading reports from uh, Eagles OTAs. I'm <laughs> studying our draft picks. Uh, I'm looking at the preseason schedule. I'm uh, I, I, There's only 94, 93 days left until the start of the football season, and I can't wait. That's what I'm invested in right now.
0: That, Webby, is amazing. I can't, I can't say I'm there with you yet, but, I mean, it was a good offseason for the Niners so far. So my, my squad... Will still suck for the next couple of years, but at least there's but you got,
1: like you got promise. You're like yeah. the Sixers.
0: Yeah, there's some promise. There's there's you some John promise.
1: Lynch in there.
0: We gotta we gotta trust the process for a couple of years, you know. That's and right. I'm and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, I guess sticking with baseball for a bit though. The Jays? Are you buying the Jays right now?
1: No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what, like because we work with just tons of Jays fans. Yep. Uh I was looking at their schedule, mm-hmm. and they have three series. Close out the first half of the year and they're at home, and it's Houston, New York, and Boston. Boom, boom, boom before the all star break. And if they can win two of those series and are above 500 going into the break, I think they got a chance. Uh, The second of a wild card. I don't think that they're going to catch the Yankees or or the Red Sox ahead of them. They got to hope for a a wild card spot. But man, I'll tell you, geez, Josh Donaldson is a real deal, eh?
0: He Man, is. He is, and that
1: guy, that that trade, they uh, and they they were saying it tonight. That's the best trade in Jay's history. No,
0: <laughs> I mean it's got to be up there. I mean, Brett Laurie. It was always amazing to me how much Jay's fans every single season at the start of the year would be talking themselves into, well, you know, maybe this is a year that Laurie breaks out. He figures it <laughs> out. He stays healthy. And I was just like, what? What are you guys seeing that I'm not? Like, I don't understand and then to think that you not only traded him but traded him for the MVP, the bringer of rain. Like this dude is just a beast, a dude that loves the moment, a dude that is like like a franchise dude right now. And yeah. you're going to come to this point in a couple months or maybe in a couple weeks actually where you have to make a decision on whether or not you're going to lock him up long term or if you're going to kind of cut bait and start selling. And I I do not envy that decision for the Jays front office at all because that's a no. difficult choice to make.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that is...
0: Ugh. I mean, because for me too, no matter what, I, I'm always going to be, and I would be a terrible GM because I just want to assign everybody and give everybody the money. But, yeah. <laughs> right, like I'm always going to be the, the dude that says, hey, I want to keep at least one star power dude around to give my fans a reason to at least say, "Hey, you know what? My team might suck, but I'm gonna come to the ballpark every day because I get to watch blank play." Do you know what I mean? And
1: well, that's true, but baseball is different, man. It's like you've got to have the players, mm-hmm. obviously, but the future of your team really depends on who you have in the farm system and who you can, uh, like who who you can build up. You know, mm-hmm. and if and if you are confident in your farm system, then getting rid of a guy like Donaldson with how much money he's gonna make on the open market might be smart. And like the Jays have Vlad Guerrero Junior, man, and he is a monster.
0: He's coming. He's coming up the pipeline. He's coming. It's it's crazy to see how I'm interested to see how that is all gonna play out. Um I mean that that's that's gonna be a great topic and something to follow for sure in Blue Jays land.
1: Uh I'm yeah, gonna switch and I tell you if you if you bought a Donaldson jersey, you gotta root for him to just mash and the Jays to win.
0: You basically mean like every single girl in the city of Toronto? Yeah, yeah that that's has it. a Jays jersey. All the
1: blondies out there uh, <laughs> drinking the tall cans of Budweiser during the game. Yeah. Get out there and root for your Jays. And
0: Josh Donaldson. Uh, to something that I always like to do, Webby, is every once in a while I'll ask you this question. What are you watching right now on
1: television? Oh, it's a good question. Well, The Underwoods are back. Okay. Uh, I'm very happy about that. House of Cards. I know it's not very good, uh, but I, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm really into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else am I watching? Ooh. Fargo uh, is pretty good. Leftovers just ended last night. A big leftovers guy. I thought they they really pulled off the finale. But you said you know it's baseball season. What are you excited about? And I'm excited to start watching Billions.
0: Oh yes,
1: I, I am. I got it all queued up and ready to go. Billions right. is my next one.
0: That is awesome, and we will definitely have to have that conversation. Yeah,
1: we'll have a we'll have a Billions pod in, in a month or two.
0: We definitely will, and and let me know for sure when you get to that second season. Mm, yeah I don't even want to give too much away yeah, maybe so what I'm, I'm just going to say a,
1: we'll, we'll do this again after I watch a first season and then hopefully by then uh, hopefully I'll get it done before the NBA draft and we'll do a draft one and a billions one.
0: Oh, in on the NBA draft for sure can't yeah. wait NBA draft is one of the most fun nights just like whether it's on Twitter whether it's just basketball viewing like basketball nerd nights the NBA draft is amazing
1: oh yeah are, Absolutely. W-
0: are you excited for the NBA awards?
1: <laughs> uh, no, no, not, 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 not in the least. I think uh, I know what they're doing and, you know, whatever. But like, if they were smart, they would have had this show a day before the NBA finals.
0: Ah, yes.
1: You know, I think that waiting like, uh, what is it, like a week after the final, a couple of days after the game seven is scheduled or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, uh, just get me to the draft.
0: It's true. Way too long. Way too long.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the one thing, though, Webby, that I do want you to watch, that I don't know if you are watching, is the challenge right now. Champs okay, versus so pros. I haven't
1: been watching the pros versus the challenge, guys.
0: Okay. It is outstanding. It's really good.
1: Okay, it's really okay, I got But they don't live in the same house, right?
0: They're not, like, screwing. They do. No, no, no. They're definitely not, at least not yet. And I think it's, what, three episodes in so far? And it's a okay. short season. Like, it's only six episodes. So it's a really, like, short season. It's not, like, going to take up that much of your time. But I will say it doesn't have, like, the... Uh, the house drama, in terms of like, you know, people hooking up and whatever. Cause I feel like they probably taped this whole season in maybe like a week or something. That's what it feels like to me. Cause you don't really see them like sleeping or like right. waking it's up in the challenge. morning or anything. Yeah, it's just challenges. Uh, but I will say the breakout star in terms of drama is Lolo Jones. Really? She is a firecracker. She is just causing ruckus. She is like not a team player. She is just like causing so much trouble, throwing so much shade. Like oh. it's outstanding. She's been a great addition no. to the challenge.
1: I got to know if CM Punk is causing shit.
0: He is. He is he's been pretty good on the show as well, you know, and uh he had a his one big thing so far was he had this huge blow up with uh Johnny Bananas.
1: You're right, which right. was
0: like floating around the internet and making its way around Twitter and Instagram and that and stuff, where Johnny Bananas was just chirping him, calling him like a failure at everything he's ever done, and of course now he's gonna fail at the challenge too. Like it was very interesting, and it honestly looked like CM Punk was gonna punch
1: him in the face. Nice. Well, that's what we're hoping it devolves into. That's what I'm tuning in to these six episodes
0: for. Right. But no, it's it's been pretty good. And you got some, like the biggest names are probably CM Punk, Lolo Jones, Sean Merriman. Um, like yeah, who like, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting for sure. Just seeing the dynamic between the two and then watching the pros and how they adapt to, I guess, the mental game or the manipulation, let's say. That yep. has to go on in the challenge in terms of who you're voting in and stuff. That's been really exciting. It, it is highly recommended. I will say that.
1: All right. I'm in on it. I'm in.
0: All right, Webby. I think, you know, that, that was a pretty good pod. We're pretty good.
1: I think we're good. Yeah, man.
0: We're good. I mean, maybe we'll look for the Cavs to extend the series, or maybe it'll fingers be a crossed. quick series. But fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But if the Cavs do extend this series and the series becomes longer, we'll definitely do something to wrap up the NBA season, maybe even hand out our own awards before oh, the NBA like awards, right? Like maybe that might be a thing. Come up with our own awards as well. Something like that. But I mean, until then I am Sheldon Alexander and you can find me on Twitter at shell Alexander.
1: Yeah. Get me at a 84 for all the fire tweets,
0: all the fire tweets. And as always, this is the on blast Podcast unpolished unapologetic see you next time kids
1: Blast. my whip drop like bitches asses cargo ready to package paid up i see haters watching so fucking turn it up let these bitches drop it